Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Come on, it's one of the treasures that we have to enjoy here in Wisconsin. The cheese curd. Honestly, folks, a squeaky cheese curd, or even if you don't like the squeak, you got to love all the flavors we've got to choose from here in the state. And honestly... There are many people in this world that have never experienced a good cheese curd. Why am I talking about this? Because one of our guests this morning decided to elevate his skills making cheese curds. His name is Steve Stetler, and he became the very first cheesemaker to become a master cheesemaker with cheese curds. So how tough was it? And what did it entail? That's just one of the stories I've got for you today, keeping you connected with your food, keeping you connected with this uh, weather forecast we're looking at. Honestly, I can't complain. It is going to be a little cooler today than it was yesterday. Looking for daytime highs today, probably right around 66 degrees, but sunshine tomorrow. Hang on. Bouncing all the way up to near 80 degrees, if not above, under partly sunny skies. Saturday, sunny and 71. Sunday. Partly sunny and 75. Chance of rain in the forecast starting on Monday, but otherwise the rest of next week also looks pretty dry and manageable. Weather details are coming your way as well. And a special guest before 6 o'clock. He's a brand new voice from Rice Dairy LLC in Chicago. Uh, Andy is going to give us his perspective on what's going on with today's dairy markets and outside influences that could be influencing your bottom line when it comes to our Wisconsin dairy operations. It's all on the way. Voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau, your unified voice for agriculture, working together, growing with you, bringing ag to the classroom for a brighter future, ensuring success in everything we do. Go to WFBF.com, a voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. One of my favorite weeks of the entire year because we do nothing but celebrate one of my absolute favorite organizations in the world. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin, and I'm speaking about 4-H, and we are celebrating National 4-H Week. So as I said, it had a profound impact on my life, and I can honestly say that it has shaped me into the person that I am because from a very young age, I had to have responsibility, and I had to communicate with people, and I had to work with other people, and uh, I've raised pigs and sheep and turkeys and ducks and chickens. I think that's all of them, but uh, it, it, and it's how I put myself through school. So 4-H is near and dear to my heart, and it's also very near and dear to the heart of the young gentleman that I am about to bring in. Danny Wolstrom is very active in Wisconsin 4-H. He is beyond excited for 4-H week like so many of us are. And uh, Danny, let's uh, just get a rundown of your involvement in Wisconsin 4-H. Um, I'm part of the Pleasant Lake 4-H club in Dresser, right on the west side of the county. And I started in 4-H when I was like six years old. I'm 18 now, so 12 years. That's uh, kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I started out just going to meetings, getting snacks, 
seeing what's up. We did a lot of community service projects, which looking back, I think really opened my eyes to thinking critically about my role in the world and how I can make our world a better place. But that's kind of how I grew up in elementary, early middle school, is just going to meetings and seeing how everything works. And then I started to notice some of my older club members, county members, older youth who were doing these really cool things and taking advantage of these really cool opportunities that 4-H offers on the county and state level and on the club level as well. Okay, so like so many people, you started out really young in 4-H. And then at what point did you start getting into like leadership roles within Polk County 4-H? So I started as a club officer at maybe eight. I think about four years later, I was the president of my club and the president of our county ambassador program. And what those experiences really allowed me to do was develop these, what looking back now, were really just professional skills, leading meetings, working uh, constructively with others, and building connections with people in my club and in my county. And then later on in high school, I joined the Wisconsin 4-H communication team for two years, which was a great opportunity to um, just continue to build those skills and that skill set of just collaboration, delegating uh, tasks, working under a deadline as a group, um, mediating different conflicts within that team, and also just connecting with people from around the state and seeing different experiences and learning more. I think looking back, that's what one of the things that impacted me the most about being part of all these state wide 4-H experiences and meeting people from across the state and learning more about what their lives are like, what their experiences are like, what shapes their uh, worldviews and the way that they look at things. And then last fall, I was elected to um, the Wisconsin State 4-H Leadership Council, which has been a great opportunity, even though it's been almost exclusively virtual this year, to still see that work being done and still participate in those same kind of experiences and make those same connections. So that's a little bit about me, and that's where I am right now and how 4-H has shaped who I am and my experience uh, growing up. I can speak for myself, and I think you'll agree with this. So I was in 4-H back home in Michigan where I grew up, and getting into it, I just did it because I wanted to show animals, and it's something that my family had been doing, you know, what felt like since the dawn of time. Uh, but do you, would you agree that you go into it with, uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm six, seven, eight years old, this is fun, but now that you're at the age that you're at, you realize just how much you've gotten out of it, and it's so much more than you ever thought it would be? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think what's really unique and special about 4-H is that it grows with you as much as you grow with it. And that's not only like growing up through middle school and high school, but also with your interests. I think the breadth of opportunity and um, different activities that we have, especially within the state for people who are interested in fine arts, leadership, uh, agriculture is just astounding. And it's really cool to see the way that people make 4-H their own. Danny, I'm sorry. I should have asked you this before, but boots on the ground, like during fair week, are you showing animals? Are you doing stuff in the exhibit hall? Uh, what, what, are, what are the projects that you take place in? Uh, during the fair, honestly, it's mostly youth leadership projects. We have a really great group of people who 
judges those. We put together our presentations with what we did throughout the year and what we did on our club and county level. Also, photography, a dog project I was in for a long time. But if we're talking about boots on the ground at the fair, it's mostly um, working with our ambassador program. Our county fair makes great use of those ninth through, I think, 13th grade youth um, to help make the fair run well. So we're out there getting people water, sending out food tickets, volunteering in the food stand, and just kind of making sure everything runs smoothly and getting what needs to be done, done. You're 18, so uh, I'm assuming you're a senior in high school. Um, What exactly are your future plans? My future plans, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually writing about 4-H in a lot of my application essays. I think the experiences I've had working with people collaboratively, especially within the context of making events like Youth Conference, Fall Forum, um, State Arts Camp happen, has really shaped my uh, ambitions as someone who's also very passionate about fine arts, especially music, live music in particular. So right now I'm applying to um, Augsburg University in Minneapolis is my first choice. They have an awesome music business uh, administration program. And my goal is to work in live live music administration, especially with a focus as a promoter or a talent buyer, and really work to help other people fulfill their creative visions for what they want their shows to be like and really work to build uh, and be part of the communities that make those experiences happen. If you went up to somebody that was maybe six or seven years old, or heck, even if they're 13 or 14, it's never too late, why would you encourage them to get into 4-H? Uh, well, I think uh, despite all the youth leadership things I've talked about, more than anything else, because it's fun. <laughs> you meet uh, so many cool people, um, go to so many cool places doing different 4-H activities and being involved on the club, county, state level. And really what 4-H makes space for behind all the uh, uh, discovering new skills and exploring new opportunities is a space for youth to build connections and really build a sense of belonging. So I think that's uh, the main reason I would tell anyone to join is just to make new friends and have fun doing cool things with them. I completely agree with you on that. 4-H, some of the best memories of my lifetime were from 4-H. And, uh, you know, even though I've been out of it for about five or six years now, it still has such a lasting impact on me in so many ways. And that's why uh, it, it was it was really good to hear you say all that stuff, Danny, because uh, I, I relate to that. And I think countless people that are listening also relate to what you said. That is Danny Wolstrom. He is with Polk County 4-H. And I spoke with Danny because it is National 4-H Week, and Wisconsin 4-H in particular is doing a whole lot of things to celebrate the event. Now, obviously, it's a little different because coronavirus is happening, and we can't do as many things as we normally would. But Wisconsin 4-H got creative, and you can see how they got creative by following some of the links that we have posted on our Facebook page and on our website. That's MidwestFarmReport.com. Happy National 4-H Week, and for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, 
diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Our traffic laws are important safety rules designed to protect all of us. Sometimes, though, even if you do everything right, another driver may break those rules. Clifford and Rihala knows how often negligent drivers break the rules, how drunk or distracted drivers cause serious injuries and millions of dollars in other losses every year. While no one can eliminate the risk from negligent drivers, there are important steps you should take after a crash to protect yourself from additional harm. If you've been injured, you need skilled attorneys who have the knowledge and experience to help you recover all of your losses. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been hurt when someone else breaks the rules. We'll be there for you to help make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, let's find out what's coming our way weather-wise. I'll tell you what, it is just a little cooler out there this morning than it was yesterday morning at this time, but uh, nothing too tragic. Just reading a text message from my buddy Stan that said they wrapped up green bean harvest down in Illinois yesterday and uh, that they're rolling on to popcorn and soybeans and hoping for better and brighter days ahead. It's not too bad out there, though, Stumach Ag Meteorologist. We're looking forward to a, a nice day, just not quite as warm as yesterday. Yeah, not quite as warm, and only by a couple of degrees, so it's going to be kind of hard to notice, but uh, very, very fine October conditions, no doubt at all, and great for harvest operations. I mean, the soybeans have started the combine. It's been rolling in my neighborhood now, and things are looking pretty good. You know, we're not fighting the weather. We don't have too much water. We don't have too cold. It's really kind of an enjoyable period right now, and there are just a few small changes. After all, like I said, temperature's just a little cooler than yesterday. Nothing drastic. There's a weak cool front off to our north, a front that, in fact, will be dropping further on south through the day. Not that it's going to mean any rain or any change, just north breezes and, of course, a pretty nice situation. A warm front tries to edge in. That allows for some warm-up again. Much warmer. We've talked about it. Friday is going to be way above normal. Oh, somewhere to the tune of about 15 degrees or more above normal. A real, real warm-up, but strong southwest winds uh, after that warm front ahead of a little weak cool front will make it seem a bit breezy, but it certainly is going to be mild, no doubt about that. And a weak cool front drops through to start the weekend. 
Yes, temperatures cool again, but still, they'll stay above normal. Really low 70s or just into the upper 60s throughout the weekend. That's way above normal, where we should be now in the low 60s for normal highs. Still sounds very, very mild. A small system tries to drop in, and there could just be a small rain chance once we head on to next week on toward Monday, and it will cool somewhat next week back to normal or maybe a little cooler than normal, but it still looks dry after that little rain chance initially just to get that that week started. So really the good conditions are going to continue. Be ready for a real warm one, but a breezy one for tomorrow. And otherwise it still sounds very fine right into the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. A history of success means proven performance, but let's call performance what it is. Profitability and boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb brand corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Are you paying too much for health insurance? Rural Mutual Insurance can help you find the best options for individual, group, vision, dental, and Medicare. Call your local Rural Mutual agent to see how you can save. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So, Stu, is that uh, hurricane developing down by Louisiana and that, you know, they're talking up to a foot of rain for those poor farmers. I think they're probably still trying to pull off their cotton and get some of their row crops off. But is that going to trail off and uh, influence our weather at all next week? Not really. I think that's some of the moisture that at least becomes a possibility with that rain chance toward late Sunday night or early Monday. But that's about the extent of it. That system's really wrapped up quite tightly and staying much further south. I don't think we feel too bad about that here. And with high pressure generally in charge in the northern tier of the states here, we do stand a better chance to stay dry for the most part. There's that small little rain chance again just as we get next week underway. Well, there could be a sprinkle off in northern Wisconsin even into early tomorrow. But for today, I really expect some nice conditions. Sunny skies, a beautiful day, not too bad at all. The upper 60s, maybe pushing 70 at La Crosse. North winds only about 5. We'll stay clear overnight, mid and upper 40s. That's not too cool. East winds become southeast about 5 to 10. And then there's Friday. Mostly sunny, breezy, really warm. Upper 70s, it may be 80 at La Crosse. Southwest winds will be strong up toward 10 and 20, even gusting near 30 miles per hour. And then there's Saturday, sunny skies, low 70s, maybe an upper 60 in eastern Wisconsin. West winds become northwest about 5 to 10. And I'd say low 70s with sun on Sunday, Pam. And Monday, that small chance of rain. We'll watch that develop this weekend. But I don't expect it to be a real big deal. Temperatures still above normal, even starting the week. All right. Well, we got a little time to check on that. Good deal. Thank you, Stu. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with your weather details. You know, hopefully this weather is going to be welcoming. Today, USDA's undersecretary, Bill Northy, is going to be up in the Chippewa Falls area. Uh, he is uh, going to be making some announcements, as we understand it, about uh, trying to keep 
uh, rural Wisconsin connected. I mean, let's face it, everybody has learned a whole new respect as far as your internet, your bandwidth, how much high speed you can get access to. It's not just about our kids. It's also about uh, bookkeeping. It's about just communication. There's a lot of technology on today's farm that depends on that internet. So that's one of the announcements we expect later today up in Chippewa County when USDA Undersecretary Bill Northey visits. And today, U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue is going to be in Mason City, Iowa. He is going to be visiting with some of the folks in the ethanol industry there, talking about uh, you know the consumption changes we've seen because of COVID-19 and the impact on renewable fuels, bottom line. So those are a couple of the things that are happening today. And of course, we're covering them for you right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the Central Corn Belt, only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. farm family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids. Officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids. One thing done right. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Cleary Building Corporation. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Co-op. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter and at midwestfarmreport.com. Your time is valuable, and McFarland's knows that. Pam Yankee here for McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. But you know what? Sometimes you're in the middle of a 40-acre field when you need McFarland's the most. Do not forget about McFarland's 100 years of combined knowledge and expertise in keeping you running at those critical times. Text them at 608 643 3321. Let them know what you need, and the McFarland service team will respond. McFarland's.net. Believe it or not, interest rates are the lowest in history, and now is the time to refinance. If you want to save some money on your mortgage every month, it's very quick and easy. Allow me to show you all of your options. Just give me a call, and we'll get the process started. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222652. A trusting family gives its members the support they need to make it through life. You could say the same about Compel Consulting. They're your most trusted provider of computer services, combining personalized service with affordable solutions for business owners right here in Madison. And they respond to their customers' computer problems within 60 minutes or less. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting. Professional IT solutions. Just like having family in the IT biz. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, 
A neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. Of our sister station all the way up in La Crosse, WKTY, the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. We welcome in Grant. Grant, what's up, dude? Uh, I'm just seizing the day. I'm up enjoying the Packers being 4-0. And I love bringing first-time guests on my show as well. It's exciting, especially when they pick up the phone and everything goes according to plan. Unlike Jay Sternberger duped you guys, I was listening a little bit before I came on. That is a, a tragic story. <laughs> yeah, the, I think we could pinpoint the moment, like, right, Rowdy? That's the moment when Jay saw the sun was going to have a bad 2020 campaign. Yeah, you could say his career was, like, starting to ascend at the end of last season, but right when he put the phone down, it's now declining. Like, Grant, you booked, I mean, you have, you run a one-man sports show, correct, up in lacrosse, Yes. Yep, I'm I'm the only one in the studio. It's it's only me. Yeah. So you're always booking guests. I mean, you're on from four to six. Well, we're going to hear, be hearing a lot more from you, by the way. But you're on from four to six. When it comes to guests giving you the shun, what do you do when that happens? Uh, well, the la- the last time it happened, um, I just talked with my listeners about the questions I was going to ask, and then I was like, "Hey, how are these questions? Were they any good?" Because <laughs> like last time I had a guest that I was super excited. It was a guest that I couldn't wait to talk to. And I prepped all these great questions. Like, sometimes if I had you on, it's more casual, right? Like, we just kind of BS. We talk about whatever. But this last guest who duped me, I had specific stuff I wanted to hit. And I'm with my listeners. I was like, well, here's what I was going to ask. Like, are these good <laughs> questions? Like, we just kind of BS about that. Yeah. Like, uh, just kind of evaluating my skills as, a, as an interviewer, as a question writer. So, Grant, up in lacrosse, what is the vibe like? Because I know you, get, you bleed in a little bit with some, uh, some Vikings. Ugh. But what is the vibe on the Green Bay Packers all the way up there? Well, right now the vibe is amazing. I think it's pretty fun because there's a good mix of Packers and Vikings fans. Um, and because it's, I mean, it's a college town too, so you have even a lot of people coming from Illinois, especially to play sports like at UWL. I know uh, I had a buddy who was a wrestler when I was going to school, and there were so many Bears fans, so many Illinois people on the wrestling team, for example. So it's a good mix, and I kind of like it because it, every, it keeps everybody on their toes. Right, so like we can't get sleepy about the Packers. We got to be on our guard because there's Vikings fans everywhere, <laughs> and if the Vikings start losing, the Packers fans pounce, and by, like vice versa. Like my building, you know, Midwest family in Lacrosse, um, where all of our stations are. There's a, uh, it's not a fifty-fifty mix, but it's pretty darn close, and you got to be on your toes 
right? Because as soon as one team loses, the smack talk starts. So you definitely got to be awake and you got to be on your game. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of on their game, the Packers definitely on their game last night beating the Atlanta Falcons 4 to nothing. Grant, I saw this on uh, front page of Bleacher Report. I had to chuckle because uh, I was like looking at headlines and chuckling. I'd say the Packers have an elite supporting cast. Do you agree with that? Uh, Bleacher Report said that? Yeah. Really? Well, damn. Well, good for Bleach Report. Um, I, I don't know if they have an elite supporting cast. I think they know how to use the supporting cast that they have. Um, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are elite, uh, and I think Devontae Adams is elite, and I think Alan Lazard is pretty darn close. But uh, their two elite wide receivers are hurt right now, so they're making do with what they have. I, I don't know if they have an elite supporting cast. I didn't expect Bleach Report to say anything like that. I, I think last night is more a testament to Matt LaFleur the offense that he's put in place, and a testament to Matt LaFleur that he's got Aaron Rodgers to buy in and play this way. I, I don't know if Packers fans thought he had this in him still at this point in his career. So I, I think it's more about LaFleur and the system uh, and, and all the players buying in rather than just individual brilliance uh, of a supporting cast of the receivers and backs and tight ends. Yeah, Grant Bill's joining us right now the Wisco Sports Show, WKTY. Hearing more from him coming up 4-6 to six as well. So, uh, Grant, looking at the Packers, 4-0, oh, uh, a lot of people say that, you know, it's not, not a lot of people. We've had a couple of callers call and say it's fool's gold as they've played the likes of, you know, the, the Vikings who stink, the Lions who are the Lions, the Saints who, you know, are a decent team, a good team, and the Falcons who stink. The Packers at 4-0, and oh, is it fool's gold or are they truly one of the best teams? I know record-wise says so, but are they truly one of the best teams in the NFL? Uh, well, I'm not ready to call them the best team in the NFC or the NFL yet. I, I think you need to get through half a season and, and get a pretty good sample size. But it, it blows my mind that Matt LaFleur and the Packers in the last two years are 17-3 and in the regular season, including a playoff win against Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, and yet they have never beat a good team. Like Nobody's ever able to find one good team that they beat. We're always able to discredit them. And like, look, I agree the Vikings aren't amazing, but you scored 40 on them. Right, like the Lions aren't great, but you hung 40 on them. Everyone's complaint last year was they were beating like the likes of the Washington football team like 18 to 10. And it's like, well, you got to blow out these, these terrible teams. And well, now the Packers are doing that and people still aren't satisfied. Like, I, sure, maybe the Packers aren't the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. And, and maybe they have, you know, had a slow start to their schedule compared to a team like the Texans who have played just a murderer's row through the first month. But just enjoy it. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Happy birthday, Chevy Chase, Matt Damon, and singer-songwriter Bruno Mars, all born on this date. It's October 8th. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. And this day, also important for Wisconsin, on this day in 1871, the Great Peshtigo Fire started. It cost 1,200 people their lives, burned up about 1.25 million acres of forest in northeast Wisconsin. Why have you never heard of it? Well, unless you're from northeast Wisconsin or a Wisconsin history buff, you think about today as the day the Great Chicago Fire started. That one kind of overshadowed the Peshtigo devastation. Down in Chicago, that fire raged on for two days, killed over 300 people, destroyed millions of dollars worth of property. But like I said, compared to the devastation up in Peshtigo, it was nothing. See, that's how I start you off this morning. Well, I do want to remind you, up before 6 o'clock, we've got a brand new voice that's joining us. His name is Andrew Coleman. He is uh, the Dairy Risk Advisor for Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago. 
Andrew Fallman is going to be stepping to the microphone live this morning and giving us an update on what's happening with the dairy markets and outside influences. So glad you're along with us. You know, I want you to mark down a special day on your calendar. If you live in Wisconsin, you need to know next week, October 15th, National Cheese Curd Day. Now listen, although here in Wisconsin, we take them for granted. We've got all kinds of cheese curds, all kinds of flavors of cheese curds. But the quality of that cheese curd changes with every individual cheesemaker. Ask Steve Stetler about it. Steve Stetler is one of the master cheesemakers at Decatur Dairy down in Monroe. I had a chance to visit with him as the first and only master cheesemaker in cheese curds. He took it where it had never gone before. And we talked about how the process unfolded to make him that master cheesemaker for cheese curds. Well, I brought this to the board a few years ago, several years ago, and and it was voted down as a variety of cheese. So if you got a, if you have a master's in cheddar, right. you can put master on your cheddar curd. And so I went and got a master's in cheddar. I don't really make a traditional cheddar. I mean, I I make a cheddar, and and the public likes it, but it's not a traditional cheddar. So. When I got on the board, which I was on the board at the time, and I was going to get off the board, I approached them, hey, look at look at curds. So I mm-hmm. took a bunch of curds up, and everybody tasted them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how many go to a gas station, and the curds really not right. what you're expecting? Right. So there's no reason curd in Wisconsin, which is a really popular item, should not be a master cheese, you know. And everybody... It didn't take very long. Everybody talked about it, and and huh. first of all, they had to come up with a standard. Yeah. So we developed the standard for the master program, and and it passed. And I was fortunate enough to be the first one to get certified. Now he makes it sound a lot easier than it is, though. Marianne Smikowski from Center for Dairy Research. I call her the enforcer because she wants to make sure no matter what the type of cheese is that they do, as you said, meet certain standards. So how did you work with the Center for Dairy Research or take feedback from them to make sure that the standards were what were met? Well, the Center for Dairy Research, I've been fortunate enough to build a relationship with them. So they've helped me develop things like Kobe Swiss and and my specialty Swiss. Mm -hmm. And with the Kurds, you know, between Mark Johnson and some of the people that are Mm -hmm. the heads, John Yagi at CDR, we came up with a criteria that curd should meet. Right. Now, every curd isn't the same. Okay. If it's made here or there, their criteria for curd may be different, so they may have to submit their criteria, and mm-hmm. if it passes the board, yep. which would I have to go in front of the board, mm-hmm. if they approve it, then that that's fine. But when they make their curd, it has to meet the criteria that they're saying they're meeting. Always upholding the mantle of proudly Wisconsin when it comes to our cheese. Steve Stetler, master cheesemaker in, I think he said, seven different varieties down at Decatur Dairy in Monroe. The latest addition to his credentials, the first ever master cheesemaker for cheese curds. Another story being shared with you, courtesy of Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, as well as World Dairy Expo, as we have our World Dairy Expo review for 2020 all online now, MidwestFarmReport.com. You can see my complete conversation with Steve Stetler, as well as his apprentice cheesemaker, Matt Henze, 
on our YouTube channel and learn a little bit more about what our Wisconsin cheesemakers have been going through in light of COVID-19 and the changing dynamics in their rural communities. Weather this week is definitely friendly. If you want to try to get out and search for your great pumpkin or a local apple orchard, something such as that, right now our Wisconsin apple growers want to remind you they are open and ready for business. You can find a local apple orchard near you. Just go to the Wisconsin Apple Grower Association website. That's what I did when I bumped into Jim and Judy Thay. They've got an eight-acre apple orchard just outside of Luxembourg, so a smaller family-run orchard that's still been able to stay very active as far as business is concerned, even with COVID-19. Got a chance to visit with Judy a little bit and asked her, you know, how did COVID-19 upend this family business? Well, first, um, we quit delivering any apples or products, you know, in March, April, May, June. July, we started up again um, with honey and maple syrup. Um, it's very slow on our, our, like our selling to co-ops, but as far as in the orchard itself, selling to customers coming into our farm stand, it's been phenomenal. It's, it's, people really enjoy coming out to the orchard. Do they ask you any questions? Or are, are they engaging more now, Judy? Um, yeah, they're asking a lot of questions about the apples, the different varieties we have. Um, our big thing here is if we don't have what you want, we're going to send you home with a couple apples to try because we're pretty sure that you're going to come back and buy one of the apples that we gave you to try. Now, how has the growing season been then? The growing season has been, it's a much, much drier season than last year. Um, the apples, like the Macs, seem to be more on the smaller side. Cortlands are on the smaller side. It seems to be just slightly earlier by about a week or so. Our Spartans look large. Um, the rest of the apples look pretty nice as far as size, but it's it's just been much drier and just a little bit earlier. Now, what was spring like? The, the spring we got going and then all of a sudden it was cool again. Um, it's spring didn't really affect us all that much. Um, we, you know, again, we could, you know, with our taking care of the apples, trees and stuff in spring, it was just business as usual. There was no setbacks. We weren't... Um, set back from rain or anything because again it was a little bit drier this year than last year. No you know you said eight eight acres of apples and people are going to say geez that's not that many acres. Help them understand what the year is like at Thay's. So with the eight acres of apples it might not seem like a lot of apples and we are a small orchard but we pick probably over 5,000 bushels of apples a year or a season I should say. So we do a lot of work and it's just a family-owned orchard so we depend a lot on our family and friends for help. I'm looking at a pretty nice farm store, though, so you must network with others. Um, we don't. We what, network with others as far as our. Um, we buy pumpkins from a local person, and our honey and our maple syrup is local. Um, I do all the jams and jellies and other things. Um, we have a lot of caramel, gourmet caramel apples. We get our caramel from Eckerd Orchards out of Trempolo, and it's they're second to none. And we use Honeycrisp for the caramel apples. Judy Thays. So did you catch that? How it's not just about their apple orchard in northeast Wisconsin. It's about the network of other farms and agribusinesses they work with to ultimately get that finished product to the consumers. Pressing on, Jim and Judy Thays and their apple orchard just outside of Luxembourg. Like I said, now a great time to get out there and enjoy our Wisconsin apple orchards with this gorgeous weather. Should stay gorgeous today. We're looking for daytime highs right around 66. Tomorrow bouncing up to 80 degrees. In overnight activity this morning, corn, soybeans, and wheat are all trading higher. 
Our dairy markets yesterday were quiet. Barrel cheese was unchanged at $2. 40-pound block cheese unchanged at $2.65. Double-A butter down two and a quarter cents at $1.45 per pound. Most fluid milk contracts lost ground yesterday, but they're trying to gain it back in overnight activity. So what is going on as far as overnight activity and where are we headed for today? Talking about that next with our special guest, Andrew Fallman from Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, Rodo, you been down there to I-39 Supply yet? Is that that place Hubcap was telling me about with them trailers? Where's that at? You bet, Scooter. It's about five miles south of Portage in the middle of cornfields. I mean your sister. Oh, man. I39supply.com. My friend Carly, my friend Anu, the cab driver, the hostess, our waiter, a bouncer, the bartender, random guy, cute guy, and I don't know, maybe 30 strangers? That's a lot of people for a night out, so I'm staying home instead, just for now. I do it for future house parties and tailgating and a better 2021, but it helps everyone in Wisconsin. Find out how to protect what matters to you at dhs.wisconsin.gov COVID-19. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within, over enemies of fear, enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of Battles Won. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Because we bring you all the cutting news, news guests that can get you all the information you'd need if you were going down to Chicago and getting ready to trade. Happy to welcome in a brand new voice with us to give us his analysis on what's happening specifically with the dairy sector. Andy Fallman is along with us. He's a dairy risk advisor with Rice Dairy LLC down in Chicago. Always want to remind you about their website, Rice dairy.com because one of the strength areas for Andy aside from uh, growing up in dairy country out in Idaho is that uh, he is a risk manager what have you seen as far as dynamics in dairy lately Andy I mean my goodness the barrel and block cheese prices just continue to go into zones of trading that I never expected to see or at least not hold on to especially the block cheese what are you noticing as far as dynamics in that market today Sure. No, thanks for having me, Pam. Appreciate the time. Um, well, I think the, you know, the big question that we keep seeing is, you know, we've got a big new player in the market. It's uncle Sam, right? 
and they've been throwing a lot of money around. I've been doing this since 2008, and I don't think I've ever seen the government participate as much as they have been. And, you know, it's, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's that food box program, right? And a lot of cheese is going into that food box program. So it's a question of, you know, A, how much money they're going to continue to spend into it, and B, does it persist to the election? Um, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, too, with that block barrel, particularly, you know, the block barrel spread. Um, it continues to be a year of records in 2020, and this one, the, this, the, we, we saw a record whip in the block barrel spread, meaning the block was about a dollar a pound over the barrel market. Like I said, that's, that's, that's incredible. Um, what does that mean for the market? Well, you're seeing a lot more milk starting to actually naturally make its way into block, you know, block cheddar or, and, or, you know, block products, right? And it's starting to tighten up the barrel market a little bit. So for a while there, we were at least a couple of weeks, um, you know, we were a dollar sixty to dollar sixty three off in the barrel, and there just wasn't getting much takers. But now, you know, that since changed, and you know, the tone that I continue to hear about is again that 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 spread being so wide naturally tightened up that barrel market and brought us back to I believe two dollars as of um, you know as of yesterday. Right. You know, earlier this week, we heard that the president did not want to engage any more conversations as far as stimulus and that. Does agriculture get caught? On the short hairs with that kind of a conversation, Andy? You know, it, it's, it's a really good question because I noticed the same thing. And then I noticed the next morning there was another tweet that came out, you know, him asking for stimulus checks to go out, I believe, in the amount of about $1,200. Um, nothing, I don't think anything, a real pen to paper has been put there just yet, right? So to me, I, I look at that and I say, yeah, there's, there's certainly some risk there for agriculture. But, you know, we continue to see, you know, the, again, good things coming out of that food box program, as well as my understanding, there's still money to be allocated potentially um, through that program. So, uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about the, um, you know, the, the stimulus. But again, I believe the next morning there was a there was a there was another tweet out there that said that, hey, we're looking to get some checks out to people. And, you know, you think about if, if there is another large stimulus check that could send out, um you know, around the country, I believe a lot of that money, you, you will start to see some of that money actually go into, you know, like quick service food restaurants, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to ask you, you know, we're always so focused on the dairy farmers, uh, their milk check at the mailbox and things like that. In your conversations with dairy industry leaders, Andy, are you getting a sense on the health of our dairy cooperatives, on the health of our cheese companies? I know there's another big one supposed to be coming online pretty quick up in Michigan. Yep. Yep. And uh, I believe, you know, they're going to start taking in milk probably towards the end of this month. Um, beginning of November is kind of the, the rough time frame, time frame, I believe. Uh, either way, you know, I, yeah, I have, um, you know, I, I have talked to some of those folks in that space, you know, and, and you know, the, especially during that March, April, April time frame, you know, when, um, when restaurants, you know, started to close, there was certainly a lot of concern there. But, you know, overall, they seem to have weathered that storm here. And, you know, barring any new, you know, potential shutdown too, right? I mean, that's another big underlying factor in the marketplace that we're just, we obviously have no idea whether or not that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest concern going into the new year, especially, you know, with a, with a winter ahead of us. We have yet to see, you know, we have yet to really have to deal with COVID during a winter time frame. Yeah, right. Andy Thalman's along with us. If you're just joining us, he is Dairy Risk Advisor with Rice Dairy LLC right in Chicago, downtown uh, ricedairy.com online. So your one of your major roles is to try to help dairy farmers mitigate a little bit more risk. Andy, if you take a look at fluid milk contracts in Chicago after January 1st, you see uh, how the market perceives 
what that federal money's on the food box program is going to look like and uh, continued presence of COVID in our uh, community. In other words, milk prices go down. Have you gotten any list of tools pulled together for dairy farmers to evaluate to try to protect themselves from a really ugly first quarter 2021? Sure. And you mentioned it already, right? There's a pretty steep discount between, you know, futures, say, on first quarter, for example, right? I mean, I believe that quarter came in pricing today all around 1660, 1670. Um, That's for class three. And, you you know, uh, current cash, if you just take the cheese block, the block cheddar and and, uh, barrel market and throw an away price of around 34, you're getting about $22.20. So, again, pretty steep discount into those futures markets, right? And and so, you know, a a good way to approach that is to take some sort of limited risk trade. Um, You know, if you sell futures, you know, you're taking unlimited risk, you get unlimited reward to the downside. But again, you're taking that unlimited risk. You know, something to consider when you have these big disconnects between you know futures and the cash market. You know, all cash has to do is sit sit tight, and the market just has to naturally gravitate towards that twenty-two dollar level. Not a lot of time between now and the first quarter, so again, a couple things to consider using just you know put options, um, whether that's going to the CME or using utilizing the Dairy Revenue Protection Program as well. You know, creating that limited. Uh, uh, limited risk position while still having unlimited downside protection in case, you know, we have a big downdraft. And, and we've seen, we've seen that in a week's time, right? Mm-hmm. I believe the we saw another record this week or this year, mm-hmm. but I believe the barrel was down as much as 70 cents in a given week. Oh yeah. So we've seen it happen. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what we are kind of in uncharted territory to a large extent. Uh, so you encourage people to shoot you an email, give you a call if they want to work strategy with you, Andy. Sure. That sounds good. My email address is just my initials, A's and Apple, J's and Jack, F's and Frank, at ricedairy.com. Um, you can reach me on my uh, at, at work at 312-492-4238. Beauty. Thanks so much for getting up early with us, Andy. I'm sure that we'll be talking again in the near future. That sounds good. Thanks, Pam. I appreciate you having me. All right. Good deal. Andy Fallman, brand new voice with us uh, from Rice Dairy LLC, downtown Chicago. All they do is focus in on dairy risk, dairy management, and like he said, their website, ricedairy.com. It will be interesting to see. Remember, World Ag Supply Demand Report that's going to be coming out tomorrow will also include some dairy projections uh, for the United States as around as uh, well as around the world. Last time that they gave us an uh, analysis on milk price, they really didn't look for much of a change for 2021. It'll be interesting after all of the COVID consumption we've seen and the change in uh, purchasing trends. It'll be kind of interesting to see what the U.S. Department of Agriculture tags milk and dairy in general with as far as projections tomorrow. That's That's out 11 a.m. Central Time on Friday. And that will do it for a quick update on where your food's coming from. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.